Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Revelation. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to establishedinthefaith.com, and if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into the program now, picking it up in Revelation chapter 6 and verse 1, dealing with the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. tonight talking about the four horsemen of the apocalypse and I think before we get started we should keep in mind what John had to say in Revelation chapter 1 in verse 1 he said the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass he sent and signified by his angel unto his servant John. The book of Revelation reveals to us futuristic events. And I'm afraid that if we're not careful, we get so caught up into what is going to happen that we forget what the whole book of Revelation is really about. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for what Jesus did at Calvary, there would be no book of Revelation. If it wasn't for Jesus Christ, there would be no church. There would be no rapture of the church. There would be no 24 elders sitting around the throne. There would only be a book of judgment held in the right hand of God the Father, and no one to come and open that book. There would be only judgment upon this world, and you and I would have to pay that judgment. But when the Lord opens up this book, thank God for the Lamb the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. John said he beheld a book held in the right hand of God the Father. And a loud voice came out and said, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man was found worthy. But then Jesus Christ stepped forward, and he had the, the appearance of a lamb as if it had been slain. And when Jesus walks up and takes that book, all of heaven erupts in praise and worship to the Lord. And tonight we are going to open up this book and take a look at what's going on. Revelation chapter 6 verse 1, the Bible says, And I saw when the Lamb stopped right there. He said, I saw when the Lamb. Twenty-eight times in the book of Revelation, the word Lamb is used. Lamb is always signifies God's salvation plan. Never forget that. 
everything in one way or the other hinges or goes back to the finished work of Christ. Every doctrine that we hold goes back to the finished work of Christ. If our prophecy veers off in left field, it's because it was not carried back to the finished work of Christ. And remember that. He said, I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him that he went forth conquering and to conquer. Some seem to think that Due to this rider riding on a white horse, they think that it's Jesus Christ. Don't be deceived. Notice that this rider, yes, he's riding a white horse, but he's carrying a bow in his hand. Jesus is pictured in Revelation chapter 1 as having a sword. And in Revelation chapter 19, he is holding a sword. But this writer here has a bow in his hand. And he carries this bow, but I want you to notice the scripture says nothing about him carrying any arrows. Notice that. He's carrying a bow with no arrows. The rider upon this white horse is the Antichrist. He will step on the scene sometime after the rapture of the church. We don't know when that will be. Someone said that it could be as much as 70 years after the rapture of the church before the Antichrist steps on the scene. And they had their reasons for that of which I won't take the time to go into. But all of that is speculation. All we need to know is sometime when the church is gone, the Antichrist will come on the scene. Now, when he comes on the scene, a crown is given unto him to conquer the world. That is his objective. He has a bow in his hand, but he doesn't have any arrows. He will try to conquer this world by the means of peace. He's preaching peace while all the time he's preparing for war. He will settle this problem going on over there in Israel right now. That every president from Jimmy Carter on up has tried to solve those issues over there in the Middle East with Israel and the Palestinians and all of that that's been going on for years. The Antichrist is going to solve this problem. Some even say that he will help Israel rebuild their temple. How he will do it, we don't know. The temple will be built on the same spot that the original temple was built. 
The problem is the Muslims own that area right now and their Dome of the Rock is currently sitting there and that Dome of the Rock is going to have to go in order for a temple for Israel to be built. How is all that going to happen? Could it be an earthquake? The temple falls. Could it be a war and Israel gains that land back? How is it? All kinds of speculation, but that temple will be rebuilt. Time magazine, I believe it was some time ago, had an article about Israel and how they had already drawn up the plans for a new temple and had already chosen priests and had put them through school and whatever the case and the old sacrifices and planning out the ritualistic Old Testament, like I said, sacrifices and whatever the case. So they've already got the plans. They just don't have the ability right now to do so. But when the Antichrist comes on the scene, he's going to solve that problem. He's going to help them possibly rebuild their temple. And they are going to think that the Antichrist is their Messiah. Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 43, He said, I come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you shall receive. And that is the Antichrist. Now, if you will, turn to Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9. When the Antichrist solves this problem over there in the Middle East, most of the world is going to applaud him in his efforts. He's done something that no one else has been able to do in years. He's been able to solve this problem. No doubt he'll be on the lips of every newscaster, every newspaper, every radio station. Everybody's going to be talking about what this man has accomplished. And a lot of the countries of the world are going to side with him automatically. And like I said, Israel is going to think that he is their Messiah. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. For the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. There in verse 27 it says, And he, that is referring to the Antichrist, he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. One week is referring to a period of seven years. When the Antichrist steps on the scene, he's going to sign a seven-year peace pact with Israel. But in the middle of that seven-year period, He's going to break that covenant. Notice what it says there. In the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. 
at the midpoint of the tribulation period, he's going to show his true colors. He's going to break his covenant. He will stop the sacrifices. And due to the fact, if he is the one that helps them rebuild their temple, he is going to lay claim on that temple. And he is going to set up a statue of himself, proclaim himself to be God, and he will make that temple his headquarters for the latter half of the seven-year tribulation period. Now that can be found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I'll just read that for you right quick. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin is revealed, that the son, the son of position, who opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That's Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. So the Antichrist, when he breaks his covenant with Israel, he'll come in, he'll stop the sacrifices, he'll stop the worship, kick everybody out, and he's going to set up his headquarters there in the temple there in Jerusalem. All right, now if you'll go back to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27 again. About midway that verse. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate until the consummation. That is right on up to the end of the seven-year tribulation period. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. The desolate there. As it is quoted in Daniel 9:27, the desolate refers to Israel. The last time that Jesus was in a temple in Jerusalem, he walked out with tears streaming down his cheeks, and he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stonest the prophets and killest them. How often would I have gathered you together as a chicken that does gather her brood under her wings, but you would not. He said, Behold, I leave unto you your house desolate. And so it has been from that time up until now. Israel has been desolate. And that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. God's judgment will be poured out upon Israel upon his chosen people because they rejected Jesus Christ. And that's a lesson for all of us to observe tonight. Anyone who rejects Jesus Christ, there's only judgment in their future. The judgment for sin was either carried out at Calvary's cross or either you're going to pay the judgment one or the other. All right, Revelation chapter 6. Does anybody have any questions on that before we go any further? Okay, Revelation 6. Pick it up in verse 3. 
And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. The red horse here speaks of war. Now, when Antichrist comes on the scene and solves this problem, many are going to side with the Antichrist. But now, there are going to be some over there that will not side with him, particularly the Muslim countries. Egypt, certain parts of Europe, Africa, list goes on and on. These Muslims are going to come up and say, hey, he's siding with Israel. Look at what he's done to our temple, the Dome of the Rock. Now they built that temple there where our... So this is going to stir up a big mess with the Muslim countries. And if you'll turn to Daniel chapter 11, I'm going to show you something there. And like I said, the white horse is the Antichrist, has a bow in his hand with no arrows. He comes preaching peace, but all the time he's preparing for war. A lot of countries are going to side with him, but there are certain countries that are not going to side with him. Daniel chapter 11, if you will, move down to verse 40. And at the time of the end... The time of the end is referring to the seven-year tribulation period. And at the time of the end shall the king of the south, the king of the south is Egypt, the king of the south shall push at him, that's the Antichrist, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots and with horsemen, and with many ships, and he shall enter into the countries, and shall overflow and pass over. He shall enter also into the glorious land. The glorious land is referring to Israel. At the midpoint of the tribulation period, he's going to go into Israel. And many countries shall be overthrown. The red horse rider. Revelation chapter 6 is the red horse of war. Someone has said that during this time, three billion people could die because of war. Think of that. Three billion people. Never before has there been such bloodletting. But at this time here, Jesus said it is such tribulation such as the world has never known, nor shall it ever know again. Daniel 11, verse 41. He shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape out of his hand. Even Edom and Moab 
and the chief of the children of Ammon. These three countries here make up what is known today as modern Jordan. These three countries will escape his hand. Now, the question has to be asked, where's the United States in all of this? The Bible does not say. The United States of America is not mentioned in Bible prophecy. The great tribulation period will be worldwide. I mean, the planetary bodies will be affected. The sun will be affected. Meteors will fall out of the sky, creating tsunamis that will change the topography of the earth. Well, where will the United States be? Will there even be a United States? These are questions that we don't know. But let me submit to you this tonight. This country was founded on the Word of God. The only reason this country is still in existence today is because of that Judeo-Christian principle, the Word of God. And people like us, Christians, that are saved. Jesus said that we are the salt of the earth and we're the light of the world. We are the preservative in this country. We are the light in this country. And the reason this country is so great, it's not because of our electronic exports or our military power. The reason we are as strong as we are is because our greatest export is still the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we still stand with Israel. Those are the only two reasons that God has blessed this country. And as long as there are Christian people, God will still continue to bless. And God will continue to hold back His judgment. But now think about it. When the rapture takes place and all the Christians are gone... What will hold back the darkness? Where is the preservative? Where is the light? There is none. And when the church is gone, evil will overflood this country like never before. And that will be the ruination of America. We're already fighting a battle today with evil homosexuality, gay marriage, the list goes on and on and on. There are some folks right now that would be glad to see the rapture take place because we're holding them back from doing what they want to do. But when the church is gone, evil's going to flood this country to where I don't believe there'll be anything left now. There are different thoughts, different opinions on it, but the fact is the United States is not mentioned in Bible prophecy.
the program today has been a blessing to you. We hope and pray that you'll share it with others. This podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry. Go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. All donations are safe and secure through PayPal. We look forward to hearing from you.